0: Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us. Hey guys, happy Monday. We have a great episode for you today. If you've listened to Mom Worthy for a while, you've probably noticed that Sammy and I are very naturally minded when it comes to most things. We've talked about it quite a bit on past episodes. So we we're really excited. When we were able to talk to Dr. Glesman today, who is a holistic pediatrician based out of New York City, she runs her own practice called Blossom Pediatrics. Before starting her own practice, she worked with the sickest children in the hospitals of New York City, and she found herself driven by the need from parents to help identify the root cause of their child's illness, which she found always came back to gut health. She has helped thousands of families restore their gut health to reverse their chronic symptoms and conditions. We talk all about root cause solutions versus Band-Aid solutions. She talks about her protocol that she gives her patients. She gives so much great information and tips. And we really enjoyed this conversation. We learned a lot. So we hope you enjoy it as well. Here's our conversation with Dr. Guzman. How are
1: you today?
2: I'm so good. <laughs> so great. How are you guys?
1: awesome Good. we're so excited to talk with you today
2: me too me too big time I'm a huge fan <laughs>
1: oh thank you well we love everything that you're about it's like totally in line with what we believe so we're excited to learn from you today we'd love to start hearing about you and like you know who you are how you got into this and kind of your passion for it
2: um okay sure so, well I think I think like a lot of people who deviate from the ordinary path. And in my case, it's like the ordinary path of conventional medicine, it's because of absolute need. And so when my kid was about three years old um, and I was already a pediatrician and I was working with the sickest kids in hospitals, I was a hospitalist. So I would be really good at getting kids like who are having really bad asthma or super dehydrated or really sick. I get them well, we use conventional medicines They would save lives and then I'd get them home. And then I have my daughter who was nonstop sick all the time. She was miserable. And every single little cold returned to a massive bacterial infection. And I had no idea how to help her, like not a clue. It took me a whole entire year of her going, mom, why do I keep getting sick? Mom, why do I keep missing school? Mom, like, why do we keep taking the medicines, which are antibiotics? Um, She wasn't able to fight anything off and we were stuck in this like spiral. So it took like a whole entire year for me to figure out that there's an alternative path. That's how uh, little of that's how little information conventional doctors sometimes have. Truly, it took me and I was searching. And so when I discovered the world of functional medicine, um, a lot of herbalism, what the significance of the microbiome is, which was her big problem. I was able to really help her, at least take her to the right practitioners. And then I realized that I could do this better. I got obsessed with it. Um, (laughs) I'm really obsessed with it uh, because it's it's just common sense. And I'm on a mission to make sure that not only parents have access to this information, while of course using conventional medicine if, if needed, but something else needed to be done to make sure that these kids are not consistently chronically all the time getting sick and on medicines and on medications uh just getting the band-aid solutions that's not fair to them and so that's how i got into this and that's how i founded blossom pediatrics
3: i love that
1: (laughs) i love that so much because like you know i kind of grew up on that like my mom is a, a nurse practitioner and a doctor and like we grew up with like very i barely taking any antibiotics in my life because my mom kind of is very naturalist in that way. So I grew up on that and it's like so natural for me and normal for me to try to find like other ways to treat things before jumping right to conventional medicine. Um, But I love that you talk about like we do both. You need to, like you need your every day. You need to take care of yourself holistically every day. And then there's a a time and a place
3: for conventional medicine. Absolutely. Everything. I have three kids and none of them have ever been on antibiotics for an illness before I had my first I you know researched all of this and and different methods to heal and and to keep them healthy and when people hear that now a lot of times they're like wait what how are you anti-medicine are you anti you know and then it's like no I just I know that that's not the first thing you need to go do is rush to the doctors and get antibiotics because a lot of times you can heal things Mm -hmm. naturally
2: And we're seeing the, uh, speaking of antibiotics, yes, they're life-saving, but now we're, we're really starting to see the problems that happen because of antibiotic overuse. Yeah. And conventional medicine is kind of catching on, but when you have a, a, I mean, the kids that I'm seeing are usually, have usually been on multiple courses of antibiotics, when I say multiple, it's not uncommon for like 10 courses of antibiotics for like a four-year-old. Mm. And that's considered normal in some cases, like yeah. an ear infection, antibiotics, ear infection, antibiotics, but you end up in the spiral where you're annihilating the whole entire microbiome, which is again, sometimes necessary, but what are we doing to restore that microbiome?
1: We Can just, you explain that? Like, yeah, microbiome. Yeah. So yes. So we um, understand, I'm, I'm thinking it's going um, to health, but I want to hear more like what yeah. is that?
2: <laughs> so we, we knock off all the bacteria that's not, that's good for us and bad for us and all around. in in the body. Different antibiotics do it differently. Um, We need to then get the good population of the good bacteria. Good meaning the kinds of microbes that help us digest food, fight infections, stimulate or, or mature the immune system. We need to get that back on track because in a human body, if you don't have the good guys, then the bad guys will overpopulate. And there are a lot of different species that can go in either direction. Like if there's not enough quote unquote good bacteria, the quote unquote bad bacteria will will multiply. And so that's what you see in things like C. diff in some populations. We're seeing that now more and more in conventional medicine, but seeing the long-term ramifications of that is is really mind boggling because right now, If you're looking at the data we have an epidemic of chronic childhood illnesses in America and and in a lot of different uh, parts of the world where there is antibiotic overuse and what that translates to is like 10 to 12 percent of kids in the U.S. having eczema allergies, asthma, I mean the the list goes on and on I could go on and on about the numbers but actually it's not the numbers it's how quickly they're rising too Mm -hmm. and so if you're looking at the CDC numbers there's a problem because it's more and more kids and they're now outgrowing it Mm -hmm. and also very often you hear things like, like you parents listening right now how many times have you heard your pediatrician or your doctor say, oh, your child will just outgrow it. It's a childhood thing. It's your kid, you will just outgrow the eczema and maybe they'll outgrow the asthma and the wheezing and, and the constipation, they'll outgrow it. This is temporary. But what's happening now is the kids who have this and they're not treating the root cause of the problem, which is usually gut health as a foundation of good health. Um, they're turning into adults that have this problem. And so there are more adults with this, these problems than kids. So who's outgrowing them? It's a myth. I'd like to dispel that myth right here and right now. If you are a parent and you hear something like your kid will outgrow it, or it's just genetic. So, you know, that's the fate of your child. I want to tell you that that's not the case. You as a parent are empowered to make the choices that are available to anybody that wants the information to Make choices for your child that can lead to better health, that can have them fight off the infections, that will make sure that they do outgrow it, whatever it is that, that that's ailing them, to make sure that you don't have to worry about, you know, did, did I bring the EpiPen, or is it allergy season, or what medication do I need to bring with me, or what triggers will I be exposed to, all those things that keep you up at night there are so many things you can do. And that that's what I'm, I'm here to, <laughs> to present to the world. I've seen it over and over again. I've done it with my own child. I've done it with thousands of kids and, and the results are incredible.
3: Yeah. But what exactly, what is your protocol? Yeah. What is it that you recommend parents do as far as helping heal or even prevent?
2: Yeah. 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 Heal, prevent. Um, I usually start with gut health because that's what is mostly the problem in a lot of kids who are exposed to the regular things that kids are exposed to in, in our modern world. So you know, usually these kids are born to moms who've already been on multiple courses of antibiotics or exposures. And then so many kids in the US are born by C-section. There, the risks go on and on and on that might be disturbing the microbiome. And so usually in my practice, before we change anything else, add any supplements, uh, do any functional medicine testing, I recommend, usually, I recommend to really heal the gut first. And the protocol that I use is one that has a lot of, um, it could be done in many different ways. So it's not like a one size fits all. I tell all my parents that, that there's really only a few rules you need to follow through, through the, the process. Um, the first stage usually takes about a month. And the rules are, you cannot stress um, about it. You cannot feel guilty about the the things that you've decided in the past. And you have to make the protocol yours, something that your family can consistently continue to do. And so what is the protocol? Well, we wanna heal the gut. So I only really only know of one really great holistic way to do that, and it's not supplements, it's through foods. So, let's break it down into like four general steps of how I heal the microbiome and the gut health and optimize nutrition for kids. Number one, we remove the toxins both inside the body and outside the body. So that the toxic burden, how much inflammation has to be gotten rid of is decreased. So that could mean removing, I usually do remove initially gluten and dairy because they're highly inflammatory. And for kids that are already having problems, it's a lot harder for them to process these foods. And this step is usually one of the worst, but the good part is that we don't remove a lot of things. We do also remove processed sugars, but I allow honey when it's local, it's dark it has the specs it's something that is, is raw and unfiltered because that has a lot of healing properties so the only sweetener is honey and i know your parents right now are probably asking but what about coconut uh sugar what about that sugar this sugar just for the sake of this protocol to heal the gut we remove the processed sugars all of them except honey um, and then we do a huge detox of the home and it doesn't mean go and throw everything away all at once but There's a deep dive into how to become a more empowered parent to make better choices for your family because knowledge is power. So we go over exactly what might be in the household that is really triggering a child or causing more inflammation that is not absolutely necessary. Um, The next step, let's say we'll call this like the second phase of this is to optimize nutrition. And I'm a huge fan of juicing in the morning for kids because Nobody could eat a whole pound of carrots in one sitting. And yes, fiber is absolutely important. But in order to get that phytonutrient antioxidant blast, a really great way to do that is to drink juice. And of course, I, I, I think that eating local and, and um, organic and food that has real soil on it is really important as much as possible um and we do some tweaks here and there on how how to digest a little bit better there are a lot of kids who have things like heartburn and even younger babies are having like quote-unquote heartburn a lot of reflux or spitting up a lot and so there are a lot of really great holistic approaches to that um in my household we drink up water with apple cider vinegar every morning every morning because it helps digest it brings up the acidity in the stomach so that the digestive enzymes could really digest for the rest of the day. It's incredible. It works for us. Different things work for different people and different families. Uh, Something that is super kid-friendly are uh, digestive bitters, which have been used for forever by every civilization to help digest food. And so it's not like a supplement that you buy, it's literally herbs or tinctures that you can take before you eat and are very kid-friendly and safe. The next step, let's call that stage three, is where we do a lot of healing. We heal and seal the gut lining and we do this by drinking stocks and broths that are prepared to have all the bones, the collagens, the fats, all the different parts of the animal rotating what you're making. This is a medicinal brew and it works wonders because gives a child's body what it needs to really heal it he, it seals the gut lining so that on top of that stage four you could put start putting organisms through ferments that are beneficial to your child and that would mean a ton of ferments every single day now I know what you're thinking <laughs> my child is not going to eat fermented foods which is like sauerkraut beetcross kombucha For adults, because it's a little spicy. Things like kimchi, the list goes on and on. In fact, you could ferment anything. And I always say a ferment a day keeps the doctor away. And I really mean that. It's not apples, it's ferments, because this is the most potent, beneficial, healthy way to restore a microbiome. I can't really say the same about probiotics. They might or might not be alive or helpful, but I can tell you that. A tablespoon of sauerkraut juice, when it's made properly, when it doesn't have preservatives in it or is heated, like like real, authentic, wild fermented sauerkraut juice, has about one point a tablespoon has one point five trillion live organisms in it that are beneficial versus a probiotic that, if you look at any probiotic, it's it's in the billions, and you might it might or not might not be alive by the time it gets to you. So incorporating these elements usually takes a month. It could take a lot longer. That's when we start to heal the gut. And if you heal the gut, and if you restore the microbiome to its healthy, normal state, everything else will start to fall into place. The body can detox properly. You are able to have a child that's digesting everything properly. And the, you know what I see a lot of is things like eczema, asthma, and allergies. And it's not that I chose to be an expert at this, but... It's, there's an epidemic there's so many kids who are having this problem and we start to see eczema flares decrease dry skin de- decrease and all the other soft signs we look at improve that's what i do
3: <laughs> i love that. everything and i've and i've done a lot of this protocol especially when my son's teeth he had really bad teeth and a lot of it was the diet and a lot of it's the things that you said fermented food so was a hard one i did like the sour of sauerkraut he wouldn't eat is there anything that you've
2: noticed that kids take yeah to-
3: as fermented foods
2: yes so i i can say you don't have to have your kid actually take uh eat sauerkraut you can take the juice the juice the brine that is that that's really what we need is the liquid and you could put it on top of food that is not too hot as a seasoning in a tablespoon you could barely taste it you could put it on top of anything really uh whatever uh kind of let's say you're having veggies or meat or even a stew if it's not too hot it won't kill the organisms you could hide it in food really well so yes so some kids don't like the the taste of, of sauerkraut it's a little um it's a it's a little different and that's okay what i found to be super loved by my patients is beet kvass which is fermented beets and beets are very sweet. So, and it's super, it's just bright pink as well. So a lot of younger kids love the juice of beet class.
3: Yes, I put um, beets in my juicer and it always makes the juice. If I do, if I juice, it's it always turns the color of the beet. And I, mm-hmm. I can never eat them by themselves but it tastes so good in juice.
2: It is, it does, yes. And um, another favorite of kids who are already like chewing, and this is an amazing finger food that you could kind of take anywhere you go as a snack is fermented carrot sticks. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's another favorite. So, you know, just because sauerkraut is popular and it's popular for good reason, it's easy to get a, a really great cabbage in most places in the world. It has a very long season. It's, inexpensive it grows organically really well you could get it in most farmers markets wherever you get your produce and it doesn't need any starter cultures that's why sauerkraut is so popular in so many cultures cabbage it's also packed with vitamin c cabbage sauerkraut so when you ferment a cabbage you're releasing about 20 times more vitamin c and that's more bioavailable than raw or cooked So, fermenting doesn't just have the benefit of restoring the microbiome in the most natural, potent way. It also unlocks a lot of the nutrients that is uh, is not typically available when it's raw or just regularly cooked.
3: Uh, You also mentioned getting rid of toxic things in the home. I know, I was curious about that one. What are some things, like examples of things that you
2: usually recommend getting rid of? so the i would say the a a good place to start would be to look at an inventory of what's going right on top of skin because skin absorbs everything so that would be the shampoos the soaps the things that you put in a bath the lotions um even detergents and you know, these things we replace often, it's not expensive to, to make a better, a different choice next time. And it's really, there's a really great database, maybe you've heard of it, it's the Environmental Working Group. And so this is a free database, everyone has access to just search it. And it gives you all the ingredients and what we know scientifically about each of the ingredients in a, in a common product that's found in the US. And so knowing what risks you're taking by using certain products, it helps families really um, make better better choices for their family. Um, I also think that there are a lot of really harsh cleaners, and this is especially um, dangerous for little kids, like floor cleaners because little kids are on the floor a lot so you have to look at the, the exposure like let's so cleaners in the household that's another one or when you have a beautiful lawn but you're using things like roundup or glyphosate on it to kill the weeds and you have a whole a family of children running around that lawn that's something to look at and so um I I think it's really important because I can see when I do testing how many glyphosate how much glyphosates are Stuck in a child's body and the havoc it wreaks, and how hard it is to get rid of. It's easier to just go pick your weeds, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are so much more vulnerable to toxic exposure than adults for a few reasons. Um, and that's why we really want to lo- look at these exposures. So if you're looking at things like air pollution, a child breathes about, depending on their age, like two to three times faster than an adult. So they're getting a lot more of that into their body um uh a ch- child's immune system is not fully developed and they they have a longer time in front of them of being a child than an adult and so the exposures that they're getting now will continue to impact them down the line so i think it is definitely worth taking a look without stress on what your kid is exposed to every day that you can control because there's so many things that you can't
1: yeah absolutely I'm really big on that. I, I use natural cleaning products in my home. I, I got rid of candles even because I heard that they burn toxins into your house. Like mm-hmm. my kid I use all natural bath products. My kid does
3: too. My 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 laundry
1: detergent is all natural. It's truly
3: a lifestyle change. It really it is. You have to think differently. And like I since having kids, I have changed everything. I look at their ingredients. Mm-hmm. I, I look up things, the EWG thing. I think there's an app for that, correct? You there's can
2: an that. app for that. It's online, it's free. It's yeah. incredible, it's a life changer. So also cleaning products are on there. So definitely check, check that out. <laughs> and um, I started using vinegar for cleaning, baking soda oh, and vinegar for everything. It's amazing and it dries without a scent, I, I promise you i yeah.
1: do vinegar water with a little bit of lemon essential oil in it and that's like my cleaning product for almost everything mm-hmm. so I, you, you don't smell vinegar once it dries very rarely unless you do a little too much what i've done before <laughs> <laughs> it took a little bit to go away
3: I, I just love that you're a doctor saying all these things because you know a lot of times when i i feel like when i talk about this stuff people think oh you're crazy you know there's that, that that stuff doesn't make a difference you know it's just a little bit here a little bit there but it really like we're seeing these numbers in children as far as you know autoimmune diseases and eczema and all these issues rise like why not take the time to just like consider it could be all these things that we're talking about. Yeah. But it exactly. coming from you I think it's a lot better than coming from me yeah. so I'm glad you're talking about this. Well, even kind of like with
1: antibiotics something that my mom told me and I, and I I think it's true you can tell me if it's not but like the more you use them, the less they work on you. And there's going to come in a point in our life when we're, we really need an antibiotic to work like well on us and quickly. And if we haven't taken a lot of them, it's, it's going to be better when we do need that conventional medicine for us.
2: Yes, that is true for multiple different reasons. So on an individual basis, antibiotic resistance is poorly studied, I have to say, but I can tell you that from personal experience, I could see that the kids who keep coming back to the hospital needing to be hospitalized for uh, abscess, cellulitis, for things like pneumonia, there it, it becomes a spiral like every time and was what happened with my kid too. It happens over and over again but as a society we're losing the war against antibiotic resistance. I, I really, a lot of really great minds don't believe that it's going to continue to work. There are really no big drugs in the pipeline. And I'm seeing, working in a hospital setting, that drug resistance, which and to, dr- bacteria that is resistant to like every single drug and every single um, Antibiotic is becoming more and more and more of a problem every single day. So if you want to be a parent that makes sure that your child grows up to not need to be on all these antibiotics and when they do take one, it's going to work. There are things you can do to make sure that 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 happens. And you have to start from the inside, giving your child the building blocks they need to be a healthy child.
1: Like when I listen to you, it's, it's a lot, right. And it feels probably intimidating to people that don't do any of this maybe right now. Right. It's a lot to change, but like, you can just do it step at a time, you know, like that's how I, it took years and years to kind of get to the point where I'm at now. And I still have work to go. Like I barely ever eat fermented foods. Mm-hmm. So I have that down as my little checklist, look into fermented foods. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you, can start with yeah. you know, start with replacing your body wash and your lotion. Just start small. Those things add up. Like our skin is our largest organ and everything we put on it is just going right into us. Makeup nail polish, hairspray. It's all of it.
2: It's a good thing that this is becoming more popular and it's easier now than ever to get not only information on how to do this, but also it's it's available in a regular like supermarket or market. You could get something that's cleaner. Uh, but I have to say, I, I really do understand that it's very overwhelming because I was there as a parent. I was super overwhelmed. I didn't know where to start. I, I There's maybe a little bit too much information out there. You're not really sure, like, what exactly are the steps, step-by-step, that I need to take? What exactly will work the most, (laughs) with the most benefit without affecting a busy family's life in a negative way, or stressing them out? Yeah,
3: and you were saying you were were surrounded by doctors who didn't mention any of this stuff, and they were just putting band-aids on everything, so I think it's hard, too, because people think, like, oh, my doctor never told me that, My doctor never recommended this, but they're not studying it. And a lot of times it's easier to be like, here's an antibiotic, you know? Mm -hmm. I got 15 minutes with you, what's wrong? Okay, here's your antibiotic, bye. So it takes a doctor like you who actually took the time to sit down and figure out what we can do to fix it. So thank you (laughs) a lot of people like you now.
2: (laughs) It's it's just a different study. So looking at the root cause solution versus symptom management. So uh, symptom management is when you, treating just the symptoms. And it's going to work really well. Our pharmaceutical industry is excellent. We have a pill for everything or a cream or a lotion and it's going to work. But, and that's okay too, you have to use it sometimes. You have to make sure your kid is comfortable. But if you're not doing anything to address the root cause as well, you're gonna get stuck with these symptom management solutions nonstop. And that's not the way you wanna be living as a parent. Yeah. Um, so it, they all have side
3: effects. effects all they all
2: things. have side effects and they they're a temporary solution. It's not a long-term solution. So you have to ask yourself as a parent, um, does the plan that my doctor prescribe offer just the symptom to be controlled or decreased, or is it something more? because if you're not really looking deep and making sure that that really like getting to the root root of the problem you're going to get stuck and i see this a lot
1: you know we're talking a lot about eczema and asthma and everything but i i feel like if you are in a really healthy state with your gut it would prevent you from all sorts of illnesses even you know more extreme than asthma and eczema is that correct
2: In my opinion, actually, yes, I do believe that it's not that it will prevent illness. It's without having a healthy gut, you cannot have great health. That's, I'm kind of like reversing it a little bit. Yeah, I like that. So this is, this is the foundation of good health for both kids and adults, a healthy gut. It's like the foundation of a house. And then you can make little tweaks and fix things here and there. But without that, baseline need to have a healthy diverse microbiome and a gut lining that is strong and resilient every single system in the body will be affected in a negative way Mm -hmm. so without that you can't have good health but the good news is that it's really really easy to fix especially in children
1: do you have a book or are, are you active on social media where you give like tips and advice and everything
2: um, I'm writing my book. It should be, <laughs> uh, and, and the book is based on the protocol and program that I take kids through in my practice, which is Blossom Pediatrics in New York. Um, and I also teach uh, a, the program for anyone that's not in New York virtually. It's a live program and it's called Rescue Child Health. And yes, I'm um, my, I am on social media. It's Dr. Underscore Gluzman.
1: Awesome. Th- that's really helpful because it's like, Every kid is so different, you know, and this is really general information, but it would be good for people who are listening that maybe want to learn more, continue their search to be able to have a place to go. Is there anything that you suggest as like a total no-no, like to avoid? Like, obviously we've talked about, you know, cleaning supplies and and stuff, but is there any
2: certain foods that you're just like, these are terrible for your gut? I have a big no-no, avoiding the sun. Avoiding the sun is dangerous. Avoiding the sun is a big fat no-no. Thank you for saying that. I'm so glad you said that. It's not a food. Well, actually, sun is, uh, sun's light, natural sunlight is nutrients for our body. We, as humans, are synced to the day-night cycle. So a big no-no is avoiding the sun because you think that it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. A healthy dose of sunlight is extremely crucial for good health. Um, there is no supplement like, you know, vitamin D is of course important to make sure that the levels are, are good, but beyond vitamin D, you need sunlight to activate a lot of different uh, hormones in the body. And without them, there will be no good health. The sleep is not as strong. You're not able to fight infections as well. So sunlight, um, and sunlight early in the day is also really important. I'm glad to see there's more and more information out there in terms of like clinical studies about this, but a sun exposure to your naked eyes will line up your circadian rhythm. So going outside and being in the sunlight in the morning is a big yes.
1: I just actually heard about this. Um, I watched a TikTok video.
3: <laughs> TikTok
1: <laughs> and it was a guy that goes out and, right when it's sunrise in the morning and he looks at the sun and he puts his feet in the earth
2: and he, he was talking and it was yeah it was called
1: grounding but he was saying that the sunlight in the morning is much more gentle on your eyes and it like resets something in I you is this is this kind of what you're talking about is this in line
2: so, y- y- you don't have to go outside first thing in the morning. <laughs> you, can, you can, but you don't have to. Uh, just as long as there's sun exposure in the morning, that's, I think that's sufficient. So if you're like taking your kids to school or going outside in the morning, um, and I had to really, really dig deep into my soul about this because I love wearing sunglasses, and I take off your sunglasses and give your face some sunshine for a few minutes. I'm not saying go burn. I know that all the people who are like anti-sun and all about sunblock and hats and covering uh, are going to hate me for this, but, but we're talking about two different things. I'm not saying go roast in the sun and get sunburned, but you do need sun exposure. And yes, earthing when you have, when you stand with your bare feet on the ground is really great electromagnetically for your brain, soul, and spirit, but um, if you don't wanna do that and you're on a frozen tundra like I am in New York, <laughs> just go outside uh, and spend some time outside
3: in the sunlight. Yeah. And, and would you suggest avoiding sunblock too? Because I've heard a lot of things about
2: toxicity of sunblock. So th- this is a super controversial pro- uh, topic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that, that there should be some middle ground when it comes to our kids. I cannot comment for adults and and wrinkles okay this is purely for pediatrics yeah um sunburns are dangerous yes you need to avoid them at all costs because that's what's linked to problems later on in life like cancer of the skin sun block there are many different kinds so saying yes or no in general is really hard i can say that um chemical sunscreens are a big no-no physical sunscreens like zinc for example are a little bit better but we don't know enough about them to be honest we just don't Mm -hmm. so the information is going going to change when we get more more info and maybe in about five years at this point what I do with my child who is translucent white (laughs) okay she is she just goes from translucent to pink to translucent all summer and what I do with her is when we're out in, in the sun and the sun is strong and it's summer, I, I, I put a hat on her and I cover her up. Um, and if we're like going on vacation and she's been in, in, in the winter areas of the States, um, I do use, use sunscreens if there's a risk for having a really bad burn, but otherwise, no even just avoiding the sun by using clothing is a lot better
3: mm-hmm. yeah they have like the long sleeve swimsuits and yeah. everything now so I've never put sunblock or I have before but recently since knowing about sunblock I don't ever put it on my kids but yeah like you said you can stay in the shade mm-hmm. obviously if you're gonna get sunburned you're in the sun all day you'd want to cover up somehow but Over- it's good mm-hmm. to know. You know, yeah. things that we don't think about just being aware of it you know it's being more conscious and kind
1: of shifting your thought process about the sun, you know, and, and how to protect yourself from burns. Like, I'm really pale too, I'm the same way. Like, I can't spend a ton of time outside. I gotta go outside a little bit and then go inside and rest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's a different story when you're in the midday sun is different than morning and late, mm-hmm. late in the day. So we need all the spectrum um, we can get, but you know, just before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m., I think it's very safe to go out without a ton of sunscreen so i know this is super controversial but i really do believe it based on all that i know and all the studies that have been done in many different countries about skin cancer what causes it and everyone's uh, levels of exposure is different there are many different skin types but in general you want to avoid those chemicals as much as you can
1: i did hear that um i don't know i have no source for this at Mm -hmm. all so i'm hoping you do but there's a lot of people in the U.S. or maybe in the world that are vitamin D deficient. And it's because of all us wearing sunscreen and and, and trying to avoid the sun. Is that accurate
2: in any way? Yes. So that's part of it. It's multifactorial. There are many different reasons why people are, are, are so vitamin D deficient. One of the reasons is sunscreen. And, and And sunscreen being pushed as if you want to protect your child, you must have sunscreen on 24 seven, every time you go outside, even if you're in the car, even if you're just going to the store, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. And so if you're blocking all the sun where you're going to get your vitamin D, yes, you can take a supplement, but the body doesn't use artificial supplements the same way it does for something natural. So you might, I mean, yes, I do advocate for boosting our vitamin D levels, but usually kids that I test that are spending a lot of time I'm in the sun and again like every skin type converts vitamin d differently but usually when your kid is outside a good amount and even in the winter like at least an hour a day they won't need a vitamin d supplement uh, actually i think it's worth testing your child because vitamin d having that um, level b sufficient is linked to not only making sure that you can you could fight off infections but every single other system in the body, it's a master hormone. So, um, so we do want to make sure that level is proper. You can't boost it with drops or or vitamins or supplements. But the best way to do it is to go out in the sun without sunscreen.
1: Master hormone. What what does master hormone mean?
2: <laughs> uh, it, it controls so many other processes in the body that's why there are so many studies that link it to decreased risk of cardiovascular disease this decreased risk of immune autoimmune disease there are so many studies coming up now that are that you might have well, it became popular because of covid because they're seeing yeah that's why it's it's all the rage now Uh, because it helps to stabilize your immune system and uh, regulate that and it's linked to sleep and it controls other hormones and that's why i i I think i actually made up the i don't know i don't think master hormone (laughs) is a real term but what i mean is it's so important (laughs) that it's it controls so many other things in the body that it needs needs extra consideration
3: very interesting that they told everyone to stay inside, stay home, when really they should have been outside getting that sun, getting that vitamin D. <laughs> we love controversial, so we're glad you came on. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is information that everybody needs to hear. Yep. Like. Every Even mom, if you don't especially. agree with hearing this, like I still want to say
3: it to you. Like, yeah. if you're willing to listen to our podcast, like, look it up for yourself. Yeah. See what you find. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing you said was avoid gluten. And I feel like nowadays, like you're saying, you can find almost anything with, without gluten now because it's become such a big thing. So at the store, it's not hard. A lot of these things aren't really hard things. You, you just, just have take to adjust It's got to change. Yeah. Change how you how you shop and what you buy and looking at an ingredients. So, yeah. The,
2: the gluten thing, mindset. it's, it's not forever it the the point is to be able to to have a kid that's able to eat everything and not have any serious inflammation from that so avoiding certain things for a little bit of time and then reintroducing them slowly maybe to different levels the point is to make sure that your kid is one that is able to be able to have everything and not have any allergies to anything yeah it's not forever
1: if a, if a kid has to take some type of medicine, an antibiotic or a pill of some sort, do you recommend anything after they take it to keep their gut in order? Like, you know, like their gut's already in order, but they have a need for an antibiotic. Like what can they do to kind of avoid going through a spiral?
2: Okay. So I would say number one, stalks and broth, so bone broth and stocks three times a day for like a month. So the quantity, it could be a cup, it could be a quarter cup, it could be just a few sips depending on the age. Um, in between meals, so that stock or broth has somewhere to sit on multiple times a day, like three times a day, every single day as a staple of, of drinking it, you know? Um, and the second part would be like having ferments three times a day too. Uh, sometimes I do start kids on other supplements like Saccharomyces, which is a beneficial yeast and probiotics. If they've been on multiple courses, if they're already having gastrointestinal sy- symptoms or problems with like constipation or diarrhea, but I have to say that there's no probiotic that I've been able to find that is more powerful than uh, than a ferment.
1: I feel like, I know you're a pediatrician and this is all meant for kids, but I really feel like anybody with an illness should listen to this. Like as an adult, like we can You know like people with eczema like if we want to try this try to see if we can get rid of our adult eczema you know and see if it works like this this is everything that can work for anybody not just kids i feel like
2: yes so the good news is that everything we pick for kids is has to be safe it has to be effective it has to have a really good uh, amount of evidence-based medicine behind it so because of the safety factor and you know well studied in kids all of the recommendations are safe for adults as well, because it's the most natural, common sense food based remedy that, that we're, we're being offered. Adults have a lot more uh, options. Like there's a the supplement for everything. You, you can get a whole entire gut healing protocol in powders and supplements and walk around with a bag of that all day. I've done that. <laughs> so I know, and it will work, but you can't use these kid- things for kids, nor should you have to. You don't, these. Solutions are available for everybody.
3: Thank you so much for talking with us today. We appreciate you. I so learned so much. I know.
1: I love it. All I have things written down. I'm gonna look at more. I really need to get better into the apple cider vinegar.
2: <laughs> I know it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: gotta try so, it now. again.
2: Dilute it with water. Add a little bit of lemon. <laughs> it's
3: so gross. And you gotta like it's plug like and chug. chug. Yeah. Oh yeah. I <laughs> about that.
2: We're actually making. We're actually making our own apple cider vinegar right now Ooh. from apple cider.
1: Wow. Yeah. does it taste better than the store-bought
2: stuff yeah you know every single brand is different it has a different taste some of them i hate i love braggs that's the, the one most. i've tried is braggs i like it the most it's like least tart okay oh that's that's, I that's when I demotivating <laughs>
3: <laughs> least tart <laughs> least tart well thank you so much. i'm sure we'll have to have you back on again because it's, this is all good stuff and we always love to hear more about this type of this topic is so us so i know thank you again
2: Ooh, it was such a pleasure.
3: We'll definitely make sure we find you on social media yes. and
1: keep in touch with you and everything. Yes.
0: So much great information. We are so thankful that we got to talk to her today. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Don't forget, if you want to hear more from worthy you can join us over on Patreon, Patreon.com/Momworthy. That's where you're going to get lots of juicy episodes from Secret Tellers and After Dark style episodes. You can also join us in our Mom Worthy Facebook group. Just search Mom Worthy Mamas or Mom Worthy After Dark. And of course, if you're not following us on Instagram yet, we are at mom.worthy. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye.